Welcome back to 60BCast. Today we continue our dollhouse discussion with Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8, which are titled Echoes and Needs. To me, these are some of the best that Season 1 had to offer because it helped to show the diversity of dollhouse. But before we begin, as a reminder, you can email me at podcast60b at yahoo.com or follow me on Twitter at 60BCast. You'll find all my information and links on 60BCast.net Plus a very special link I'd like to talk a little bit about. I did my first guest host spot to talk about my podcast as well as all the sci-fi goodness we all love. This week I joined Stephanie Smith on Confessions of an Internet Addict. We talked about everything from Dollhouse to Buffy to the Pacific, Battlestar Galactica, a little bit of everything. So I hope you guys will listen to this podcast. You'll find the link on my podcast page or you can visit confessionsofaninternetaddict.net. First up, we have Episode 7, Echoes. This was a very different type of episode for Dollhouse, especially after how dark Man on the Street was. This episode, although it had some emotional backstory moments with Caroline, it showed a very different, fun, light side of the Dollhouse, which I thought was great. It's probably one of the most controversial as far as fan reaction. Some, like me, took very well to the episode, enjoyed it, enjoyed the flashbacks, and kind of saw it as another vehicle for Dollhouse of what it could be that you couldn't pigeonhole the show. But a lot of fans were pretty outraged by this episode. Most definitely after the greatness, you know, that was Man on the Street. So let's analyze it a little further. Echo starts out in basically the same manner as the season one opener, Ghost. I liked the return to the Caroline and Adele scenes as this was probably one of the best parts of the pilot episode for me. Again, this episode reiterates what we basically already knew. Caroline was somehow, she angered Rossum and was forced to become a doll. We do learn one important fact, however, that Caroline's been evading them for over two years, which is pretty incredible due to the far-reaching nature that we come to see of the dollhouse. We move next to a college student tripping out basically on what we learn to be a hallucinogen-type drug. As we see, he's beating his head against the glass, his friends are watching, and we pan out to see he's actually located in the Rossum building of a very large campus. This episode introduces us to one of the Rossum chairmen, Clive Ambrose, who we come to see several more times before the series is up. It's fun to see Topher's adoration of this character, as he's generally been into giving no one himself but credit so far in the series. Also amidst Topher's rambling in this scene, we learn one other fact, that dolls would be immune to this drug, as the memory blocks the dollhouse places into the actives blocks the hippocampus. Our Echo storyline for the episode begins with a returning client, which is guest star Brett Claywell. It was nice to see the first return of a client for the series to show how often they probably reuse the imprints in the same actives, which plays a little larger part later in the series. We move along to what seems to be the unraveling of Ballard and Millie's relationship. As we learned in the last episode, Millie was actually a sleeper active who could be switched on and off at at the will of the dollhouse. Again, Ballard's obsession with this is brought to the forefront as Millie basically asks him to give up the fight after she's almost murdered, yet Ballard persists. Basically, this meant the dollhouse was more important than Millie herself or even her safety. So, again, we see the nature of the character of Ballard during Season 1. As the actors pile on the campus as doctors, security agents, it was kind of funny to see the ever-growing battle between Topher and Dominic. Though I haven't spoke of it much, these two pretty much loathe each other. And as Topher imprints the dolls, mainly Victor, with higher security privileges, it's funny to see them ordering around the actual head of security 
Dominic, you know, due to Topher's imprint. So that's kind of a little snarky move by Topher. Echo, who was left off the engagement by DeWitt, of course, defies the dollhouse by remembering a Rossum building from her past. She walks out on her current romantic engagement to follow her instinct, which again shows her ever-growing self. The audience soon realizes that this drug is spread by touch, as we not only see Topher and Adele falling victim, but also Echo's handler Boyd. I have to say, I didn't care for Harry Lennox in this episode. He had some good moments I loved throughout the series, especially his interactions with Echo. And although the piano scene a bit later is pretty funny, he doesn't do comedy very well. And you'll find his comedic grin and evil grin are seem to be the same. So it's kind of cheesy, but um, he does have some good moments throughout the series. Throughout this episode, we're still getting some flashbacks to see who exactly Caroline is. We find out she's an animal rights activist, anti-war, idealist, if you will, um, who's trying to bring the Rossum Corporation down, who's trying to show the world their dirty secrets. She just doesn't know the extent to how deep Rossum goes. She thinks that they are mainly just hurting animals and doing experiments on animals. She doesn't realize that the testing goes all the way into humans and mind-wiping. Our next scene is really where the fun of this episode begins. It's nice to see such high-strung characters as Dominic and later Adele basically losing control of their emotions. And this is one thing you won't see too often in Dollhouse because these two generally have it together more than any other character in the show. Sure. Now you're experts. Four hours ago, you were discussing your love for applesauce. What? We rounded up 14. You okay? I'm fine. give you a light sedative? Hey, I'm fine. All right, easy, buddy. I know how to solve problems. You bet. Oh, man, it's like so heavy. Makes my arms tired. Want me to help you out with that? Okay, here <sighs> we go. Hey, wow, it's, it's so heavy. Screaming. Everything's heavy. The comedic scenes here between Adele and Topher are not only hilarious, but they also help set up the future of their relationship as we see in season two throughout Epitaph one and two as well. They have some of the best moments together in the show, and this episode is no exception, as not only is Fran Kranz obviously giving a good comedic performance, but Olivia Williams truly steals the show. So great of Josh to show these sides of actors that we never really would have gotten to see had they not been cast in Dollhouse. I mean, Adele jumping on the trampoline, Topher calling the dolls, dolls, it's all insanely funny. I can't watch these scenes enough, especially as they're listening to Boyd play the piano and Adele holds up the phone in the air as you would almost a lighter in a concert. It's, it's truly hilarious. And Fran Kranz and uh, Olivia Wilms do these scenes to perfection. That spreads more slowly, but pretty soon that campus is gonna fill up with wacky time bombs. We need to know what it is. Yes, well, we will. When I figure it out. And reversing the effect? Are you making any progress? Hurricane, what are you doing besides being. Being what? Wait a minute. Sarcastic? <sighs> Unfeeling? British? It's an animal. Where? No, the word! Still, you have to admit, I am very British. I don't say hard. Oz. You know what I like? Brown sauce. 
What's it made of? Science doesn't know. It's made of brown. Brown? Mine from the earth by the hard scrabble brown miners of North Brownerton. Oh, my God. I find lentils completely incomprehensible. <laughs> what the sun double hell is Echo doing at Fremont? That's got nothing to do with the drug, which means our problems are huge and indomitable. Ooh. I could eat that word. Or a crisp. Do you have any crisps? You haven't seen my drawer of inappropriate starches? God, I'm having such a terrible day. I mean, you just got to give it up to those two for playing that scene hilariously. Um, one thing you'll also notice if you pay close attention to this scene is Adele telling Topher that she has a good story about Victor. Those of you who saw episode 9 know exactly what she's talking about here, and although I obviously didn't catch this during my first watch of the series, it's nice to go back and notice these little things that Joss hints at to come later. As we move through the episode, we find out that it does actually affect the dolls. It takes a little more time to get in their system, but it forces the dolls to basically glitch. Um, it forces them to remember things that, not only from their imprinted past, but also as we see with Victor and Sierra with their actual real past. And I know a lot of us probably thought the Sierra scenes were making reference to Man on the Street, but we come to learn later that they're actually making reference to Nolan who put her in the dollhouse which they go further into in A Spy in the House of Love and Sierra's Backstory episode which is season 2 episode 4 Belonging. And again Topher and Adele's reaction to November glitching is just comedic genius. These two really hit it out of the park in this episode and I know I keep saying that over and over but their performances just were insane and I just thank Joss again for giving the actors opportunities to show this kind of work in a more dramatic show like Dollhouse. These flashes also do a really good job of showing us sort of the ingenuity and the dedication that Caroline has to this. She spends hours looking at these somewhat boring blueprints of the Rossum building to try to find a way inside, which she later uses in this episode to get herself and a Rossum student into the building. She's unsure exactly of why she needs to get in the building. She feels like she needs to save someone. There's someone in there she needs to save, which we know as the audience to be her boyfriend who's died, but she's still unsure and unclear of her memories as she sort of gets them in pieces and is almost glitching. We also get some good comedic moments between Echo and Dominic here, who up to this point has basically hated each other. Obviously, they've been trying to kill each other almost um, in the past episodes, but his moment of apologizing for trying to burn her alive in True Believer was great, as well as Eliza's Buffy-like reply of the water under the bridge. I am so sorry that I tried to kill you. It's okay. No, it's not, okay? I tried to burn you to death. Who does that? What's the holdup? He says he tried to kill me. He's been exposed. Oh, um... It's okay, really, uh, whatever you think you did, I'm over it. You know, uh, water, bridge, under. Please, I'm begging you, don't walk away. I just, I need your forgiveness. You got it. You don't mean it, you still hate me. I can see it in your eyes, right? And just keep looking at me with those. So that's just another great scene, and I'm sorry I'm throwing all these audio clips in there, but you can't really express how funny these scenes are unless you hear them again. But once Echo makes it into the lab, we come to realize that 
The student who's been helping her this whole time is actually responsible for the outbreak on campus. He's choosing to sell it to one of Rossum's competitors, and when his friend backs out, he ends up killing him. Which I don't think he meant to, I think he just meant, again, to drug him to kind of get him out of the way for a while. But nonetheless, he ended up killing him. This sequence is also where we learn exactly why Caroline is so devoted to destroying Rossum. Though she really had no idea that, you know, the human trafficking of the dollhouse in the beginning, once her boyfriend's killed and she sees all the experiments on both humans and animals alike, she realizes it's kind of up to her to stop this. In the end, with her boyfriend dead, we see Caroline escaping the clutches of the dollhouse in the past, and the student responsible for this debacle, if you will, being forced into the dollhouse in the present. In all, I liked this episode, and it easily rates a strong B. It may not have been the deepest episode of Dollhouse, but I liked the Caroline flashbacks. It was fun, and it kind of helped show the chameleon that Dollhouse could be. Now time for my initial favorite episode of Season 1, which is Needs. I say initial because... You know, due to the greatness of Dollhouse, I have a hard time choosing most days. But in my initial watch of the series, this was my favorite episode of season one. Now it may be Omega, it may be this, you know, it kind of changes, but, you know, it is a great episode. I like the initial scene here, reiterating the triangle created between Caroline Ballard and Millie. It's the first blatant sign that Joss and the writers give of the passing of Millie and Ballard and kind of the beginning of Caroline and Ballard. I know a lot of people are big fans of the first, but I have to say by the end, especially in Epitaph 2, I was definitely on the latter ship. I do feel we didn't have enough time to fully kind of flesh out Caroline and Ballard's relationship, but hopefully that's what's to come in future comics from Dark Horse. One thing I'm clearly noticing about this episode that I'd never really noticed before is the presence of Dr. Saunders. Not the fact that she's in this episode, but the fact that she wasn't in the last. Clearly because of her secret, we come to find out in episode 12, Omega, but again, it's nice to notice this. She's a blatant part of the beginning of this episode, and while watching them back to back, I'm just now seeing why she wasn't a part of the last one. Another thing we learned from the dollhouse meeting about evolving actives is a fact that many have already suspected. While asleep in the pods, medications and gases are released into them to kind of help them sleep well and again give the calming nature of the dollhouse. I also love Adele's speech here. A tide is rising and we pile up the sandbags together. She's such a charismatic, strong, albeit misguided leader of the dollhouse, and Williams plays this to perfection. Before the dolls enter the bedchamber, we notice them remembering things, things about their past that should be erased. Echo, Victor, November, and Sierra all awake to find they have their personalities back, but none of their memories. This was a strong plot device to see the types of characters each person was. So this, again, could kind of give us people to root for if we didn't already because, you know, we haven't seen a lot about their real lives. But this could show us what each character was at their core. The theories each doll comes up with as to who has them sleeping in the pods is another funny moment in a kind of dark episode. You see each doll's personality coming out in the plans to get out of the dollhouse. Victor's reverting back to his army days, November's in complete panic mode, and Sierra's all for getting out. She's, she wants to run strategically. So they enter the spa area, still unsure of exactly what's going on. Echo ends up visiting Dr. Saunders, who gives her a small piece of advice about the cameras located around the dollhouse. We soon learn that, of course, the dollhouse has set up this plan to help get these actives over what's causing them to evolve. 
As the dolls are escaping, each begins to remember more things from their past. Sierra remembers who put her there, but not why. Echo wants to find a mountain house, which we later learn is from her childhood, and November realizes what she's lost, and it's her child. So now each of them is on basically their own solo mission to find these things. Before they get outside the perimeter of the dollhouse, Echo begins to notice that they're changing these people. They start out as one thing, but they're coming out and going back in as another. So being the idealist that Caroline is, she leaves the group to try to save the rest. As we get back to the Ballard storyline in the episode, we see he's tore apart his entire apartment looking for anything the dollhouse could have planted. He eventually finds the bug in the vent shaft and ends up taking it to a tech specialist who clearly lets him know that whoever he's dealing with has more advanced tech than anyone he's seen. As we pan back to our actors, we see Melly breaking away from the group and once again searching for her daughter Katie, which leaves Victor and Sierra alone to confront Nolan, who is actually who put Sierra in the dollhouse. Of course, we delve further into the storyline in Season 2, but this is the first time we're aware that someone was truly forced into the dollhouse. As the others may have eventually signed the paper, whether they wanted to or not, Sierra was placed there because she said no. I did love the you will see me again line from Sierra at the end of this episode as we know exactly how the story plays out in the end. After Echo cuts the power and forces her way back into the dollhouse, it's good to see the interaction between Echo and Topher. Reversing the roles as she kind of forces Topher into the chair, bringing his god complex to light. We see although what Echo needs is the safety of the mountain house, she again foregoes her wants for the betterment of others, instead choosing to free the members of the dollhouse. In the end, each doll gets what they need. Sierra confronts her fear of the man who placed her in the dollhouse, Echo frees everyone, November deals with the death of her daughter, and Victor gets the girl. Another major theme this episode introduces is the fact of Victor and Sierra's relationship being more than physical. Even in doll state, Victor wakes up to make sure that Sierra is okay each night, showing that Echo is not exactly the only doll that's evolving. She may be evolving faster than the others, but the others are showing signs as well, especially with Victor speaking of being trapped inside his own body, his own mind, unable to move and be stronger than what's taken him over, but the fact that underneath it all, he's still there. I have to say, to this day, the scene of Echo leading Gactus out is probably one of the most heartfelt scenes in Dollhouse. It makes you wish that this was real, that they all really did escape, and they really did get their heart's desires, and they were never forced back into the dollhouse. The final moments give you a few different things. A little heartbreak to see that Sierra and Victor aren't waiting up for each other as they generally do in the pods, and a little hope as we realize Echo had contacted Ballard during her escape. Will he find the dollhouse, save Caroline? I guess you'll have to keep listening for next week. Needs Again is definitely in my top episodes of this season, even in the series. I give it an A-. minus. The devil